1: This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen
0: to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. On today's episode, WWE Hall of Famer Bully Ray and I talk all about Monday Night Raw. The Monday Night Raw coming off the heels of an awesome pay-per-view with hell in a cell how did the wwe follow up on all their storylines we'll get right into it especially keith lee is somebody we talk about on the today's show about the creative process and the building of his character and a lot about retribution as well as we always do right here on the busted open podcast so, what do you want
1: to talk about, Dave? What do you want? I'm gonna have a fucking seizure over here.
0: Whoa! An f bomb within the first thirty seconds of the show. Bully. I'm, I'm all I'm down. all itchy.
1: I'm all itchy. I'm itchy. I'm itchy. Yeah. I'm getting itchy. I'm getting got, itchy. Got,
0: got a cases of the itches. I got the itchy scratches. <laughs> yeah. Mia Yim. Um, and yes, I call her Mia Yim. Because, her name is not Mia. Her name is Reckoning, damn it. Well, not if you watched that match last night because uh, the referee continuously said, Mia, are you okay? Mia, Mia, uh, Mia, <laughs> Mia, are you okay, Mia? I thought her, uh, wow, well, I'm completely confused. Also, too, to, to also add to the confusion for you this morning, we do have some breaking news. As reported on WWE.com, and I mean reported just by looking at the roster, Bully, Tucker is now a member of SmackDown. No way. Yep, I just looked on the roster. People were talking about it last night, and I said, just like what you just said. I said, no way. And then I went to the roster, and Tucker is on SmackDown. So, Otis and Tucker are both on SmackDown.
1: That is monster news. Monster news. Monster news. Wow. Big get for SmackDown right now.
0: Huge. Who, who did they trade for? No, I, 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 I have heard nothing. There has not been a report. There has not been anything mentioned. Unless there was something mentioned last night that I did not catch on. I haven't heard anything about anyone or about any trade or, you know, a caller or um, somebody who – uh uh tweeted at us yesterday, and you read the tweet on the air. I said about the possible Mandy Rose trade, and maybe this was part of that, but that hasn't been mentioned. But according to WWE.com, Tucker is now back on SmackDown. Well, all kidding
1: aside, and this is me, and this is kidding aside. um, (laughs) I guess that's good for Otis because now he'll have somebody to feud with. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm sure you can hear the excitement in my voice this morning.
0: Well, you you're a little Norma- tired this morning. Three I'm not ti- shut, shut up Three hours tired. Shut up with the tired already. are tired. Shut up with the tired. You're the one that fell asleep in the middle of the show. I did, but I saw the rest
1: of yeah. it this morning. Okay, that, great. Hey, wait, so I'm not tired. I, I'm ready to I, go. I, I got a good night's sleep. You sound it. I just I can't. I, I, I just I can't tell you what I watched at last night. <laughs> I can't tell you what I watched last night. I mean, I know what I watched last night, but I can't tell you what I watched last night. I'll tell you what I like. Yeah, I always like to start on a positive. I loved, I loved um, Sheamus versus Riddle.
0: Sheamus versus Riddle was a very the, la, the I will say this. Watching back the second half of the show this morning, bully the final thirty minutes of Raw, I thought was very very good last night, and part of that was the Matt Riddle Sheamus match.
1: Yeah, that was the that was the best match of the night, and that was the standout moment. To me, I mean, I get it. The whole Bray Wyatt standing behind Randy Orton was a hell of a shot to go off the air with, which I found interesting. I guess if you don't make eye contact with the fiend, he doesn't attack you. Um, But last night, I I don't want to say the word disappointed, but as far as a follow up to what we got at Hell in a Cell, sorry, I just wasn't feeling it. I, I don't think they followed up. And, and if you're going to follow up, you got to follow up in the very first segment. And right out of the box, they came out with Drew and The Miz and Morrison. I was like, I just don't want to see this. I don't care if Drew McIntyre beats up a fodder tag team in Miz and Morrison. Not that they are a fodder tag team on their own. It's just that they were fodder last night for Drew McIntyre. I know Drew's going to beat the both of them up. I know Drew's going to win in the handicap match because that's the, what WWE does. Okay. Well, since Drew lost the championship last night, we'll put him in a match tonight, and we'll have him beat up uh, both Miz and Morrison. Wow, he really got his steam back. He was standing tall at the end of the night against Randy. He really got his steam back. I, to me, that doesn't matter. I don't. I, I'm not. I'm not any more into Drew after last night than I was the night before. I was more into Drew with him losing to Randy than I am after last night.
0: And, you know, by the end of the show, too, but here's here's the and just to start with that opening segment, because I agree with you, Bully, there was an amazing pay-per-view on Sunday. I really loved Hell in a Cell. We praised it up and down on our show yesterday. So, you know, you're eagerly awaiting the follow up. And for us, and I know for myself, I was a little nervous going into last night because I really enjoyed Hell in a Cell. So I was really hoping for a strong addition of Monday Night Raw. Now, you mentioned Miz and Morrison. I was actually happy when Miz and Morrison were drafted to Raw and were off of SmackDown because, you know what, people might actually fight me on this, but I thought Miz and Morrison were one of the weaker segments on SmackDown week in and week out. It just didn't connect with me. They were trying to be funny. They were trying to be slapstick, and it just didn't. it just didn't come off. And I thought they were kind of... To me, a little bit off on the side when it came to SmackDown. They weren't a major player, and the fact that they went to Raw, I was okay with because SmackDown by far is a much better show than Monday Night Raw. Now, after everything that happened in Hell in a Cell, Miz does have that Money in the Bank briefcase. But in that opening segment with Drew McIntyre, ill-placed to have Miz and Morrison come out because Miz and Morrison, as of right now, is just a comedy act. You have to retool The Miz in order for me to ever buy in that he could cash in and become a WWE champion. So they have to retool him. That was an odd placement to have them come out because I did want to hear from Drew McIntyre. And I got to be honest with you, Bully. I actually liked what McIntyre had to say at the beginning until Miz and Morrison came out. He came out there and he said what it was. He gave respect to Randy Orton. He said that he lost clean to Randy, all the respect. And then Miz and Morrison came out and made a joke out of that segment. And like you said, later on, we got the handicap match. You had a really good match with, with Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton at Hell in a Cell. It deserved to be follow-up. Drew McIntyre deserved, after holding on to that championship during a very rough period, he deserved to have a standalone segment to start Monday Night Raw last night. Um, a standalone promo? where
1: you can get your steam back on the microphone because I don't need to see physicality because that physical physicality is inconsequential. Oh boy, you can beat up Miz and Morrison. Yeah, no shit, Sherlock. I'd rather see a good, strong promo, talk from the heart, win me over on the mic like you've been doing. And then I would not have mind Randy's music hitting. I wouldn't have mind Alexa coming down. I wouldn't mind the lights going out from The Fiend. I wouldn't have mind them going off the air in the beginning with a lot of question marks. And then the thread throughout the show would have been, we're going to see Randy on a moment of bliss. Now, people could be saying, well, you don't want to see Randy at the beginning of the show because we're going to see him at the end of the show. Well, then why the hell did they pigeonhole him in the middle of the show with a promo in the back as your 14-time WWE champion that meant nothing? Why did I have to see him backstage? I would have much preferred to see him up front. I didn't need to see Drew McIntyre, The Miz, and Morrison. On a side note, listen, John Morrison looks phenomenal, okay? If I had his body, I'd be the world heavyweight champion for 20 years and be a gazillionaire, all right? The guy's a a, a phenomenal body, does so much crazy athletic stuff, so good. My opinion, he's a little too corny when standing next to The Miz. I don't like to see The Miz like that. I know miz is such a good heel like he's a douche nozzle heel and can get under your skin i'd much rather see him doing that as opposed to playing you know um you know slapstick or or or, or comedy with morrison i've just never liked it personally as a fan not that they don't do a good job with what they're handed it's that to me it just doesn't
0: resonate Well, it it certainly doesn't resonate when standing next to Drew McIntyre or Randy Orton, because you're right, E in the WWE stands for entertainment. There's not many wrestlers that are more entertaining than The Miz, and Morrison and The Miz at times, I guess, could be funny, though most times they're not, and it misses the mark. But after what I saw with Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton on Sunday, I, I don't want the two mixing right now. I need to start seeing the serious side of the Miz before he stands next to a Drew McIntyre or a Randy Orton. So right off the bat last night, I they did not grab me. They
1: did not have me. And that was it. And, like, throughout the whole show, there were little bits and pieces that I found myself Entertained by, I think we're all programmed now that if we see Lana, we know something's going to happen. And now not only has it become a running joke on TV, it's become a running joke with the nation on social media. Yes. It's like, who can, who can get on their Twitter machine first and, and type in poor Lana? You know, Sam from Cleveland has started a trend. I think we should make up t-shirts and give him a cut of it. Um, but yeah, I, I know I watched a three hour wrestling show last night. I just, not quite sure how much I remember of it. We're going to talk about it in the minute you mention something or the minute I read the rundown. It's going to pop back into my head. But it was last night to me. All right, Dave, I'll ask you. Was last night a quality follow-up to Hell in a Cell? No. The answer to that is no.
0: Was um, it even close? In my opinion, no. Though there are people that do. Ed Robinson... Texted me immediately after that show, which I didn't get till this morning because I fell asleep at 930 and had to watch the second half of the show this morning. But he said he he thought it was a, a pretty good show. I'm with you. Would that have been a pretty good show on a normal Monday? Yeah, I I could give that to you because there was enough strong enough segments where I could say that was a pretty good show. But that's not the question you asked me. You said a strong follow-up to what we saw on Sunday. And my answer is a strong no because I absolutely loved what we saw on Sunday. I thought last night was a poor follow-up to the great action that we saw Sunday. Masters Moments. 1986, a 46-year-old Jack Nicholas made a back nine charge and came to the 17th hole tie for the lead. Jack Nicholas has looked over this birdie opportunity from about 18 feet. Yeah. Maybe. Yes, sir. After a par the 18th, Nicholas would don his record 6th green jacket. Yeah, all I keep reading in the papers is you just don't win a Masters at age 46.
1: Masters week begins November 9th on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio, Sirius 208 and XM 92. Somebody asked me on social media last night, is Randy Orton a baby face or a heel? Um, I didn't answer. Uh, I don't know what Randy Orton is after last night. I don't wanna get into babyface and heel category with Randy Orton or Bray Wyatt or Alexa because I don't think the, the WWE is portraying them as anything right now. Nobody's the black hat, nobody's the white hat. They're superstars telling stories and you can decide what they are. What I found interesting last night is that Bray Wyatt is standing behind Randy Orton, thus forcing Randy to go fight Drew. Which makes Bray look like a babyface, right? I could see
0: that being more babyface, absolutely.
1: With, with Alexa and Bray f- kind of fitting into that Joker, Harley Quinn um, mode or role right now, I could see a lot more people loving
0: them than hating them. Agreed. Agreed, especially if Alexa Bliss, like you talk about, we praise Alexa Bliss up and down each and every week. People love Alexa Bliss. People love the character, The Fiend. So it's going to be hard for people to boo because it's just not possible. We saw that with Seth Rollins a year ago with Hell in a Cell. You know, that disaster that was that match between Seth and Bray because I think most people wanted to to see The Fiend beat Seth Rollins. And I agree with you, Bully, in that not just in that story but in a lot of the stories that we're seeing on raw right now there are no defined baby faces and heels I mean uh, you know we'll get into it a little bit later I don't want to get into it now but the hurt business and retribution like who are the baby faces and who are the heels I mean I don't know it seems like retribution would be the heels because they cause chaos and you would think the hurt business are heels because they bully everybody backstage but yet they're in 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 an absolute feud each and every week on Raw, so I
1: don't know. You know what I think it might have also been with Randy last night, which might have felt like a small disconnect to me, and I'll try to give you this where, see if you can help me understand what, what I'm thinking. Okay. Randy and Edge, com- I was completely immersed in. I understood the story. Uh, I got the friendship, the car rides, the hatred, the animosity, the love, the this. I was totally on board with it. The Drew-Randy stuff, I was there for. I thought it was good. I did not think it was anywhere near Randy and Edge. It was If Randy and Edge was excellent, Drew and, and Randy was very good. Now, as soon as the pay-per-view went off the air last night, I'm sorry, on Sunday night. We, I started watching that network special where Randy and The Undertaker were talking. Randy sucked me in within the first 10 minutes of that network special so well that it was almost like now against w- w- going in there with um, <clears throat> The Fiend, I just didn't feel like there was anything anything there. It kind of feels like a forced story to me right now.
0: Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. And and like you mentioned about Randy sucking you in the first 10 seconds of that special about with the with him and The Undertaker. The reason why is because he starts it off with a very real story about hitting The Undertaker with the chair. Like, that's as real as real could be. And he even says right at the, the, the first line that Randy says in that special is like, I'm just going to talk. I'm just going to tell you. I'm just going to tell you the truth. So right there, it's as real as could be. You mentioned with Edge, it was real. I mean, he, he talked about them traveling together, them working together, the real jealousies and animosity. You know, knowing each other's families and everything else—extremely real. Now, I understand what you're saying that Drew McIntyre and Randy were a step below that because it's freaking Edge we're talking about. But still, with Drew, there's some realism there. You have Randy Orton, which is one of, who's one of the greatest of all time. And you have Drew McIntyre that's your new champion that's looking to define his legacy and is going through a championship run like any other champion's ever had to go through. So there's some realism. Well, now you're taking all this reality and now you're putting him into something that's completely supernatural and unrealistic. So I can see it being, you you need a little bit of a blend. You need a little bit of a transition. So Sunday night, Real Monday night surreal, and it's a bit of a disconnect, and I can totally understand it, bully. Uh,
1: uh, and, and thanks for helping me, like you know, uh, you know, you'll know, put it into words because just feeling wise, I know I'm getting Randy Orton out there, and I'm getting the Fiend out there, and I got Alexa out there. And despite the fact that I'm really interested, I'm just kind of like, ah, this is this is when I get into that weird Randy mode where it's like. I only love Randy in certain situations and I'm not saying that him and the fiend won't materialize into a great situation. I just, when you're coming out of the realness of edge, the realness of drew, the realness of the taker documentary, now I'm getting into here we go I'm going back into a wrestling storyline yeah. with Randy and this is where I kind of lose the Randy interest when he's into a you know completely fabricated Randy sto- uh, you know uh, WWE storyline. So I hope they they've done the right thing with The Fiend. Hopefully this one is good um and we'll
0: wait and see. And
1: I wonder if anybody else feels that way. Maybe it's just me.
0: And, you know, it might just be me as well because, you know, Ed I was talking to Ed and Gabby before the show, and they had a completely different perception of the end of that show from last night, and maybe you do as well. And maybe it's my own bias and why I looked at it this way, but it almost felt like – The Fiend was an afterthought in that last segment because there's true hatred between Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton. And I know Randy Orton had some fear in his eyes when he knew that The Fiend was behind him. But then he saw Randy Orton. And to me, I was like, you know, Randy Orton was just like, fuck The Fiend. Ah, It's it's, it's Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre is like, screw The Fiend. I want that championship title. Drew McIntyre even said it. You know, the fiends standing there on the entrance ramp and all that Drew McIntyre was saying, I want my title back. So I thought that was very, very interesting watching that play out last night, Bully.
1: I want to jump on the social media for a second and I want to just mafia kick somebody real quick on the air. This Mike in in Connecticut guy, he goes, busted open is basically saying that the only good thing about Raw is is when it was over. Come on, guys, it's not that fair. There was a lot of good stuff on Raw. What was the very first thing I said on the show today? There were
0: some, there were some things that you liked about, and you wanted that you started off on a positive. As, what match did I, I say remember. I really loved? You loved you love Sheamus and Matt Riddle, and that's what you started with. You know, we're we're, we're talking about the Fiend, and, and Alexa Bliss is something else that we really like about the show. I so, I, I, I don't know what. Listen, I, I I I've said it before. I love pro wrestling. I'm not a big fan of Monday Night Raw. I'm not. So, you know, I talk to Bully, who's a Hall of Famer. I, I tell my frustrations. We talk about it. And I don't know, Bully. We read tweets, and we also open up the phone lines. And if somebody loved it and somebody liked it, please call in. Express why you liked it. We'll never mafia kick you because you feel a certain way. But do you want me to lie? Do you, do you, do you want me to come on the air today and say I absolutely fucking loved Monday Night Raw? I was ecstatic. Okay, the entire show, because I loved each and every segment. I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to give you my honest opinion about the three hours that I watched the night before. Now, it's the same people who
1: tweet people who tweet like this are are zombies. They're WWE zombies who just love whatever the WWE puts out or or whatever wrestling uh, uh, brand they like right now. This guy is constantly tweeting us about if we even say one wrong thing about it. We're being honest with our assessments. And I we started off positive. Dear Mike in Connecticut, please remove your head from your ass. It will help you to listen better.
0: Jeez. Mike in Connecticut. Morons. And Mike in Connecticut is actually a longtime listener. And I don't give a shit if he's been listening before you were on the radio. But with Mike in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> you know he's a loyal listener, and Mike again call in. And Mike, Mike, Mike in Connecticut was the same one that was killing me about my retribution take a couple of weeks ago. Well, how you like me now? How you like me now, Mike? After watching retribution the last couple of weeks, and he's and some of these fans too bully. And I, listen, I on? I love the nation, but sometimes you get me if when I come on and say I love AEW, I'm an AEW mark. I you know, oh yeah, Tony Khan, how much is Tony Khan paying you? You don't know? He pays me in whores and cocaine. You don't know that? Boats and hose. <laughs> I mean, my god, I can't have an honest opinion about how I feel about a show. I come on the air and love NXT. So I love I come on the air and say I love SmackDown, but because I hate Raw? i i I hate the w i don't hate the wwe bully and i are just talking about a wwe documentary that's on the network that we absolutely loved i don't get it
1: they hear what they want to hear
0: david did you just say cocaine and whores (laughs) he pays me in whores (laughs) damn it unbelievable Nobody pays, bully, nobody pays me anything. Believe me. Bully, look at my fucking <laughs> bank account. Believe me, nobody pays me for anything. I give you my honest opinion week in and week out. Fucking bully's a fucking whole of, WWE Hall of Famer for crying out loud. Think he's going to come on the air and kill the WWE? Fucking guy was on the bump last week. You can't get it, more like, you know, WWE candy and fucking uh, propaganda than the fucking bump. It's amazing to me how
1: brutally honest we try to be with our assessments and our takes, and people get so butthurt over the honesty. Like, I came on, I'm like, ah, raw last night, eh, I'm not really sure what I saw, blah, 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 but here's what I liked. I gave you a very specific match that I liked last night, and already we're 30 minutes into the show, and you got people tweeting about, oh, come on, guys, you're not being fair. Raw wasn't that bad. Come on, why do you guys always do this? Do what? Be honest? If you hey Mike in Connecticut, if you liked it, call in. Tell us why you love the show. If you loved something on the show that I thought was the most god awful thing on the show, I'm not gonna tell you that you're wrong because you liked it. If you liked the, the tag match between the uh the uh the the, the luchadores and uh Drew Gulak and whoever the and and the ninja, okay, great. I thought it was a waste of my television time. But if you liked it, so be it. You like chocolate ice cream? I like vanilla ice cream. The problem is, Vince owns the ice cream shop. Hi, this is Adam Shine. The Adam Shine podcast is back for another football season. I'll give you my passionate, hard hitting takes every week, including picks against the spread and fantasy football advice, all while talking to the biggest guests in all the sports celebrities, media personalities, diehard football fans on a weekly basis. It's the Adam Shine podcast with new episodes dropping on Tuesdays. You can listen to the podcast anytime of the series. XM app,
0: iTunes, Pandora, and with Stitcher. Unfortunately, Bully, this is going to not be like the Survivor Series that we saw last year. If you remember Survivor Series last year, NXT was involved. And with the exception of the men's Survivor Series match, NXT dominated in Survivor Series last year. And that was kind of the build towards like, hey, NXT is another brand of the WWE. All the shows are equal, and I think they showed that with Survivor Series, but I think it's very, very clear how they feel about NXT now that you're not getting them at all participating, at least for right now, with Survivor Series 2020.
1: Why do you think Vince is distancing himself from the NXT brand? Why do you think NXT NXT is not a part of it? If there was such an integral part last year, why not this year?
0: Uh, This is just a guess, Bully, and I could be completely wrong. So shoot me down if you feel that I am. I felt like last year, hey, NXT is going to be on Wednesday nights. It's going to be live. So it's going to be just like every other show. You're going to have Raw on USA on Mondays, NXT on Wednesdays on Wednesday, and you're going to have SmackDown on Fox on Fridays. So I felt like, hell, this isn't just a show that's on for an hour on the wwe network this is now on major cable tv on a wednesday so i figured they were looking at it as another brand and if you remember too even promotional things that were going out around last year listed raw smackdown and nxt it was it was not just another show it was a major brand that was connected but i feel like that hey NXT has been dominated by another pro wrestling show. Dominated, I mean, what? I think NXT dominated? won three. That's a weeks. strong word. Nah, dominated a strong. I, word. I, I, how how is how is it not dominated? How is it not dominated when it's a it's a known WWE commodity show, WWE that's been around for decades. It's a brand new show for AEW, and I think what NXT won three weeks out of the entire year. How is that do- not domination? I think th- I, I, I think I think it's been beaten. I don't know if it's been dominated. All right, you say beaten. I I I stand by dominate. Either way, we'll go we'll go by your turn, bully, and beaten. So, do you think that that's a big reason why they've kind of backed off the push of NXT? Well. I- take you behind the curtain a little bit i i really don't
1: think vince is happy that one of his brands is beating is being beaten by a new startup company that's for sure i don't think it sits very well with him that aew is beating nxt every single week i i don't think it's about the the i just think it's about the perception because i know that vince swore that he would never take his foot off the gas pedal and allow another company an opportunity to do to him what WCW did. And he learned his lesson. And now one of his brands is losing to a startup. Now I don't when you say the word dominated it's, it's as as I'm thinking like well AEW is doing 800,000 viewers and you know NXT is doing half that. Normally every week AEW does about 150,000 more viewers than NXT approximately. They're getting beaten. And at any given moment if one of them were to be on the show by themselves they get that 150 back give or take a few. Um I just don't think it sits well with him, and I don't think he wants that perception. Maybe it's just his perception. I don't think it's our perception. I'd love to see some NXT guys and gals in the mix. However, the way the NXT guys and gals have been presented lately, only within their own bubble do they mean something. Case in point, Rhea Ripley. I, I I want the Rhea Ripley that faced Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. Where the frig is that woman? Is there something wrong that I don't know about? Did she piss on somebody's cornflakes? I mean, like, w- what happened? I Listen, I still enjoy Rhea every time I see her, but she's not being propelled to superstardom like I I, I see she should. That girl's a star. Yeah. Yeah. Now, but conversely, a, I'm glad to see that they're on the Bianca Belair train on the main roster. But if Bianca Belair is on the main roster
0: and they're going to do something with her, at least have Rhea Ripley at the top of the food chain in NXT. Well, that, and but that, but that's the thing. Like I, I think now there's that complete separation because Bianca Belair is now a part of SmackDown. So her her. Um, her relationship with NXT is over. She's now on the main roster, and she's now on SmackDown. Rhea Ripley's still on NXT. But that's why I mean the change of perception, because last year there were touting that there was three separate brands. We talked about it a-, a lot on this show. NXT is no longer a developmental brand. It is now one of the major three brands that are connected with the WWE. Makes sense. It's live on Wednesday nights each and every week on USA. And then you look at Survivor Series from last year. And this is the difference of a story when it comes to NXT. NXT was a part of Survivor Series last year, Bully. Team NXT with the women, five-on-five women Survivor Series, NXT won. Roderick Strong, your NXT North American champion, beat AJ Styles, your United States champion, and Shinsuke Nakamura, your SmackDown Intercontinental champion. Um... Shayna Baszler, your NXT Women's Champion, beat Becky Lynch. Think about that. Beat Becky Lynch, your Raw Women's Champion, and Bayley, your SmackDown Women's Champion. Coming out of last year's Survivor Series, NXT could not look any stronger than they did. And then you just mentioned Rhea Ripley. You know, Rhea Ripley and Charlotte was one of the two best matches, right, on, uh, on, on WrestleMania. Rhea Ripley... You know, that was for the NXT Women's Championship. So think about that. Now, we're looking at NXT. We got Mia Yim, who is one of the highlights on NXT. You know, she's reckoning as part of retribution. I can't buy a win. You You know, we see Keith Lee, who is dominant as NXT and an NXT champion. Just another wrestler on Monday Night Raw. And now NXT is not even a part of Survivor Series. So I think there's something to the point of like, it's much easier to swallow NXT losing to AEW every Wednesday when you say, you know what? It's just a developmental show. It's not a major brand. It's not Raw. It's not SmackDown. It's just our, our small developmental show. Oh, and by the way, ad, uh, you know, so did I say Adam Cole beat Daniel? I don't believe I said that. So, um, but anyway... So, oh, no, uh, uh, Gabby, say, uh, please, just come on the air and say what you need. What was it about Adam Cole? So Adam Cole beat Daniel Bryan on SmackDown when all the stars were, when all the NXT stars were emerging. Um, Daniel Bryan challenged Adam Cole and Adam Cole won. That's that's huge. So Adam Cole on NXT is beating Daniel Bryan, one of the most popular wrestlers on the WWE roster on SmackDown. I,
1: I'm. Uh, it, it's really hard to explain. Other than, listen, this company is a very booking forward company. Mm-hmm. What worked What worked last night? Can we? Can we continue on with it? What do we think is going to be good for next week? Coming out of Hell in a Cell, I was very excited, but when I thought about it before we came on the air, I'm like, wow. Remember, we talked about Drew and Randy being a good cell match, but not our top two cell matches. What did we really like at Hell in a Cell? We really liked Roman and, and the Usos, and we really liked Bailey and and, uh, and Sasha. Mm-hmm. So I was really excited for Hell in a Cell. I was kind of meh last night on Monday Night Raw. A Couple of bright spots that I like. I'm a lot more excited for SmackDown this uh this coming Friday and norm and like tomorrow's Halloween Havoc and I NXT never lets me down. It's always it's we always never, say it's it, the it, best it pro never, wrestling man. show of the week. It, it never let with for the WWE. Yes, NXT never lets me down. Unfortunately, it goes up against a show that to me is more fun. So I will always watch NXT and always say to myself, "This is the best pro wrestling the WWE has for us right now." Although I think SmackDown is getting really, really good. Yes, SmackDown is very good, and and I think the last and couple people weeks... were killing me. People were killing me on social media when I said on the bump I thought SmackDown had the stronger, stronger uh, roster. They're like, "No way! What are you crazy? What are you smoking? Bad week to stop sniffing glue." I'm like, "Are you serious?" Case in point, look at last night. Couple of bright spots, but not the same bright spots that 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 uh,
0: that SmackDown has. I I, I uh, first of all, I agree with you a couple of things that you just said. I think the last couple of weeks SmackDown has been the best WWE show. I really do, and that's not taking anything away from NXT because NXT has been very good too. But I think that tells you how strong SmackDown has been lately. Coming out of Hell in a Cell, I agree. With the two best sell matches were the ones coming from SmackDown and i also agree with you when you look at it top to bottom and listen when you, it's not just about athletic ability it's about character it's about personality and storyline wise there's i think smackdown has the best roster right now like and cuz on a case in point i i said i was happy that miz and morrison got traded to raw because listen miz is is a great talent but not the way he's being perceived right now it's a joke so I'd rather that be off my show, put on Monday Night Raw where it fits better because Monday Night Raw is most often just a joke. I mean, let's face it. I mean, the running joke is putting Lana through a table each and every week. That's like the running theme. It's ha-ha. It's supposed to be ha-ha funny. You don't. You can get entertaining segments on SmackDown, but there's a lot of great professional wrestling on SmackDown, and definitely storyline-wise, the show is much better on Friday nights.
1: It's crazy how if you go back in time since the inception of SmackDown and you look at this from a perception versus reality point of view, the perception is that Monday Night Raw is the be-all and end-it-all and the reality is that SmackDown's always been the better wrestling show from when Heyman booked it in, like, 2003, 2004, all the way up till now, SmackDown is always the better show. Yeah, every once in a while, Raw does really, really well. The sun shines on their ass. But just take a look at our shows, what, how, what we talk about on Tuesdays. We try to keep Tuesday as positive as possible, but is what it is. Yeah. I think... um And especially lately, me and you have been talking more about more and about SmackDown on Mondays. It's like, hey, this was really good. Really? Like, I loved wrestlers court. I know a lot of people might not have gotten it. I loved it. I thought it was
0: extremely entertaining. That's just me. I I liked it as well. Again, I thought it was very nostalgic heavy that maybe a younger viewer wouldn't get a lot of the jokes. But then again, if those jokes flew over his head, Otis is so damn entertaining, they probably like the segments too.
1: I'd love to hear some more opinions of the nation because I know how I feel about Raw. I know how you feel about Raw we we can we, we can dissect this show segment by segment by segment and i think for most of the segments it'll be like yeah okay yeah it was it was okay it it was decent there's no depth to a lot of the things that we see not there's no depth i can't even i couldn't even like really analyze a lot of the things from last night like we had qualification matches so if it's a qualification match what are you looking for you're looking for a good match I thought AJ Styles versus uh Jeff Hardy was it was okay. It was, it was decent. It was it was good, you know? Ah, ah, ah.
0: I thought Sheamus versus Riddle was awesome. Yeah. I mean, uh, um Keith Lee and Elias was a, a little hard to swallow. Page but... and Keith Lee. Page and Keith Lee. Anybody? Is anybody has anybody found him yet? My God. And, 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 and I, I, you know I felt bad for? I felt bad for Elias because Elias is, on, Elias is beating Keith Lee. And then Elias goes to the top rope. And Jeff Hardy's music hits. You got to love the distraction. I mean, we've only seen it on Monday Night Raw 1,972,000 times. But Elias is on the top rope, about to do a splash onto Keith Lee. And Jeff Hardy's music hits. And Jeff Hardy's music is playing. And it keeps playing. And it keeps playing. And the camera is panning to the entrance ramp, panning back to Elias when Elias is like, Elias is almost at the point, like, where where the fuck is he? Is he coming? Is he coming? Is he coming? Pan back to the entrance ramp pan back to lot Eli- is he coming is he and then finally keith lee gets there and gets a hold it was it felt like five minutes that elias was standing on that top rope
1: dave do you know how indicative that is of how creative feels about keith lee getting a clean win
0: this is a guy, Bully, that beat, that no-sold the RKO and beat Randy Orton in the middle of the ring his first week on the main roster. And now he needs a distraction to beat Elias? I I, I like, I, Bully, it's very, very rare. You mentioned it, okay? There's not a lot of, like, those big, big stars in the WWE right now. You know, there really isn't. I mean, they they have a hard time making a star. When you bring Keith Lee, you take him away, which was a great story on NXT, great champion on NXT. You take him away when NXT desperately needed Keith Lee, especially after getting hit with the injury bug. But you take him off of NXT anyway, and you put him on Monday Night Raw, and you have him beat Randy Orton who we've talked about has not has maybe having the best run of his career right now. You have him no sell the RKO and then beat him in the middle of the ring clean. You have just made gold. We thought the WWE and Vince McMahon has thought all right Keith Lee is the that's our that's our mega star right here. That's how you build a mega star. And then now a month later He's struggling to beat Elias. Like I, you talk about hor- horrific creative, you talk about horrific booking. The I think the most, w- the worst example of it is Keith Lee. You had gold there, and now he's just another guy on your show. In a month, everybody
1: hang, hangs out and see a sea of mediocrity and mid card. While a couple achieve some level of greatness as we're talking somebody decided to chime in on the old twitter machine this guy gringo uh it might be uh it might be otis um he said i might be way off here guys but having elias manhandle keith lee for their raw match was extremely unbelievable and made made keith look unnecessarily weak Additionally, having him win only because of a Jeff Hardy interference negates any monster visage of him. Fans are uh, echoing our sentiments exactly. I said it weeks ago about Keith Lee. There's something up. This is not the same Keith Lee as NXT. And then you get tweets by people like, oh, trust the process, or or this, or that. But Shut up. Shut up. How does that work with retribution? If your name is Tucker and you just did a job to ricochet on main event, get ready. It tells you everything you need to know. Trust me. But and here, bully. I know this is trust the process. Everything's going to be okay. Trust. No, that's the modern day brainwashing. Fall in line, good soldiers. Do what you're told.
0: I'm gonna. I already filled out my application for the be a writer on Monday Night Raw. So let's see if somebody nice. interviews. I can't wait for that interview. You I should, guess it would have dude, to be on Zoom. you
1: should fill out a legit. uh what is it? A questionnaire? Whatever. We have a form. No, the application. Think, uh, you fill out an application. Uh, yeah, employment application. You should really fill one out just to see what happens. I just want to go through the interview process to see. You happens. St- you should go through like. the in- now. Okay, now you have to do it. No, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do yes, it. Yes, I'm you doing need to it fill today. out an appointment application and go th- see if you get to not see if they send you a letter, see if they send you anything. You need to go through the process. I want you to get a job on the writing team in the WWE. I would love it. I would love it.
0: Bully, can you write him a letter of recommendation for the job, please?
1: Absolutely. I will write you a a, a re resounding letter of
0: recommendation. I wonder if I could get tommy and mark to do that as well if i can get a letter of recommendation okay, have from them do Paul it F- then. Have,
1: have them do it forget it i don't even want to do it anymore why have your friends have your friends have your friends do it have your friends do I, it. bully
0: i was saying have your friends you, do it. go kiss their ass bully bully you and your love fest between tommy offended. and mark Go
1: goodbye 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 before i don't want to talk, to you no I don't want to talk you about a, it no more
0: before you get offended i was saying if mm-hmm. i listen hear me out don't interrupt if I have a letter of recommendation from you, from Tommy, and from Mark, from two Hall of Famers, that I mean, I would think that would hold a little bit of clout. You yeah, know what? On to- I'll I'll don't get a to, letter- I don't
1: have to do it. I don't even want to do it anymore.
0: I'll get a letter You've of recommendation You ruined the moment. We, we were having a, a moment. Re- recommendation we were having, having a moment. It was all
1: about me and you, but not yet. Yeah.
0: Well, Izzy will get the job before you will. She's got think Matt Camp pushing for her. Oh, Matt Camp, That fucking fraud. I wonder if Matt will write me a letter of recommendation. Scott Stanford, Sam Roberts, all the all the uh, all, all the buddies. people that are drinking the Kool Aid. Oh Sports yeah, WWE. The left, the oh my God, WWE. Oh yeah, let me drink the. Oh boy, they love it. They love. I can't get enough of that shit. Raw. Give me six. Give me six hours of Raw. They're drinking. Oh my God. They are. They are smoking the company pipe. Fill out the application. <laughs> see if you can get interviewed. You could be like the wrestling version of Borat. They would first say it, it. would be like, just so you know, Mr. LaGreca, it's not pro wrestling. It's sports entertainment. You continuously say pro wrestling. It's not pro wrestling, sir. It's sports entertainment. I would pop at right me that LaGreca guy. Right there, I'd walk out. That right LaGreca there, guy, he's
1: got good ideas. No,
0: Let's bring him in. That LaGreca is... Too much makes way too much sense, and he curses too much. This is a family program. He's got moxie. (laughs) Get he says he knows this Alex Alex Metz. I don't know. I know a Dick Eagle, but I don't know Alex Metz. Fucking frauds, smoking a company pipe. Are you ready to continue with the nation? Oh six out. Oh yeah. Oh my God. Raw. Yum yum. Mike in Connecticut, raw is
1: so great. I could take six hours of it. Whatever the WWE will feed me, I'll take. Yay! I love everybody. It's so great. What a wonderful world. God bless us all.
0: (laughs) The fuck out of here. (laughs) Feed Ryback would be like feed me more. That's why feed me more. It's not three hours. Three hours isn't enough. We need another hour of Raw. It needs to be four hours. Needs to be four hours. Eight to midnight. Eight to midnight on Mondays. Raw, raw, raw. Raw. Give me some more of those
1: luchadors and uh, and uh, Gulak and the Ninja. Yeah, give me
0: some more of that, man. Oh, Gulak's a great technical wrestler. Fuck him. Have him run for the 24-7 championship. Run! Run,
1: Gulak, run! Bring back Sunday night heat. Let's make it a four-hour show.
0: ay ay, ay. Who's that tall guy with age? I don't care. He's got no name. We'll just call him Tall. His name is Tall. Hey, Vince, what do you want to do about this raw underground thing? Fuck it. Fuck it! Oh, people like it? Fuck it. We don't want something people like. People are talking... Hey, Vince, people are talking about retribution. There's a lot of buzz. You know, I, I tuned on to Bust It Open. They did a whole show on retribution. Fuck them! Get rid... Re- Have them lose! Lose! Fuck them all! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Who's the leader of this retribution thing? Uh, well, Vince, uh, we were thinking about making Ali the leader. You mean the 205 live guy? Uh, yes, Vince.
0: <laughs> Fuck them! <laughs> Fuck them all! <laughs> Ali? Who? What? Ali? Yeah, Muhammad Ali. yeah. <laughs> uh, Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, no. that's right, yes, WrestleMania 1? Yes, yes, the first yes, Vince, WrestleMania? It's, it's,
1: it's Mustafa Ali. <laughs> you mean Muhammad you mean Ali? Muhammad Ali? Uh, no, uh, not, Mustafa well, no, Ali. He's a little shorter, and his hair is longer, and his name is Mustafa. He's a really nice guy, though. He used to be a policeman in Chicago.
0: Mustafa Ali. I never heard of the guy. He's on 205 Live every... What the fuck is 205 live? Never heard of it. Oh, it's like, part of our company. Uh, damn it! Let's bring back Dreamer, Bubba, and Mark Henry. We'll make it 405 live. Ha
1: ha! Put Keith Lee in there. He can do jobs for them all. Ha
0: ha! <laughs> this is an actual. This is what it actually happens in a meeting. I can't wait till I get accepted with my application. Boy, I can't wait! Oh, I can't wait for the interview. Pro- who would interview me? Who would who would who would they have interview me? Izzy, Is yes, they would have Izzy interview me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Could you imagine secretary coming out and? Uh, yes, uh, Mister Lagreca, Izzy will see you now.
0: <laughs> Lagreca, no, I'm sorry, it's Lagreca. Okay, LaGrecia. Uh we, please come in for your interview. It's Dave Lagreca. Oh, okay, Mister Lagrisha, Lagreca. LaGreca. Nobody knows La Greca. Guy's not even Italian. His last name's La Greca. We're gonna call him Wall. That's his that's your name. Your name is now Wall. Mace. Wall. Reckoning. Slapdick and teabag.
1: Well, Vince, we are. Uh, we have to beat MVP, but we don't want to really beat him. Well, what do you want to do? Well, we were thinking that maybe the girl can have a, a, an anxiety attack. A what? A, a, an anxiety attack. What's that? Well, Vince, you know, it's like people suffer from anxiety. I don't suffer from anxiety. That's weakness. Scratch, I I want you to scratch, 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 Scratch. like you got poison ivy, scratch, scratch your your (laughs) necks, scratch your ass, just scratch,
0: scratch, you're not doing it, scratch, okay, scratch, like you got poison oak, now scratch. Somebody came up with that shit last night. Somebody somebody actually thought that was a good enough idea to put on national TV. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday
1: through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast.
0: The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up?